Hello, and you're very welcome to Mind You, where I dive into how different people use different ways to self-care. I'm Brian Barnes from Brian Barnes Wellbeing, where I partner with people to create unique well-being solutions. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Mel Murphy. Mel has a huge passion for serving and minding others through her work as Ireland's divorce coach. So Mel, thank you so much for talking with me today. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thanks, Mel, and you're very welcome. And Mel, can you start off just by telling me how you, a bit about yourself and how you got to here? Yeah, so I was um, a, a coach myself on the side. I was doing uh, executive and life coaching for about 12 years. And unfortunately, I went through my own very painful um, separation and divorce. Um, and after that, I, I thought, how can I, and I used my own coaching skills to help me get through that. It was a very, very difficult time, but using the, those coaching skills really helped me. The focus forward, thinking about the future, the getting through it. And at the end, I thought I'd love to just coach people who are going through divorce. So I looked into it and found a course actually as a certified divorce coach over in America. Uh, I had lived in America for a few years. I'm Irish originally, but I spent uh, six years in Canada and six years in America. And so I did the course online and um, got certified as a professional divorce coach and have set myself up here as Ireland's um, only divorce coach. I've also set up now a diploma in divorce coaching with a few of my colleagues in the UK where we're training people in to be divorce coaches. So that's that's kicking off. But I guess having the experience of going through, um, you know, leaving an abusive relationship and having you know the the empowerment to leave that that's a very difficult uh thing to do in the first place and then going through a very difficult uh judicial separation which is also very very expensive and having to be separated for four years before we could divorce and then working through the emotions of the breakup and divorce and going through the different stages of that to the point where my ex and i are actually friends now we co we co-parent very effectively together we've supported each other through the uh the pandemic and when it came to being able to, to actually divorce four years after our separation we actually came together and did a diy divorce um kind of leveraging what we had learned from the judicial separation and we represented ourselves in court um, so it's, we've kind of gone through the whole gamut of the different types of emotions and situations um, and I just really wanted to bring that and all the learnings I had, my background experience, my own experience as a professional career woman as well in the past, um, to help people who, you know, who are going through separation and divorce, who are trying to manage children. We've got, I had two very young children at the time who are flourishing and doing really, really well. I'm very proud of them. Um, and who are also trying to balance careers as well as to go through this. Um, other issues going on in their own families, things like that. So I just wanted to bring all of that together because while there's a lot of great support out there for various things, when it comes to separation and divorce, it's like everything's falling around uh, away behind you. Your whole life is crumbling. And from the impact on your career, to your whole family, to your friends, to your extended family, your home where you're going to live, that it's all kind of a massive earthquake and you really need a lot of support during that time the overwhelm that people have a lot of the clients who do come to me they're like a deer in headlights they're so overwhelmed with everything crashing around 
uh, around them, they don't even know what the first move is to make. They don't even know what to do as a first step. Um, so I just wanted to support them through the pre-divorce, um, the during divorce process, and then after divorce, because a lot of people also suffer kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder afterwards. All that stress that they had while they're going through the divorce process or the separation process, once that court mandate is finally put through and over with, sometimes that stress comes and pours all over them at the end and they kind of fall apart. They've just been holding themselves together to that point. So there's a lot of different places that we can support people. Absolutely. And again, it's a journey. And like I suppose you've been on quite the journey to get to here. So thank you for sharing that with me, Mel. And in diving deeper into how you mind others, like let's say when someone comes to you first, um, you know, like where do you start off with them? So it depends when they're coming to me. Um, if it's like when they're thinking or contemplating of getting a divorce, that's the pre-divorce phase when they're in the middle of it or even after it. And I go through, for each of those phases, I go through what's called the seven C's of divorce. It's the communication, the connection, children, care, cash or credit, and the challenges they're experiencing themselves. So for example, if they were to be contemplating divorce, a lot of people will contemplate divorce for about three to five years before they actually make that move to go and, and you know, finally do it so we would look at you know how do they get their finances in order beforehand um how do they approach a solicitor like what's their i would help them put together their elevator pitch so if they're going to go see a solicitor it's going to cost about 300 euros or so for for one hour with them so what do they get together so that they make the most of that time where is some free advice such as the citizens advice bureau they can look at and have that information beforehand um when it comes to their finances as well is what can they realistically ask for like so putting together a mini budget for them and a mini budget for their ex if they were to live separately and looking at the finances and thinking okay what do we need to what would we need to realistically juggle around what would be realistic for me to ask for um be it do we is it better for us to sell the house if we do have one or you know is it is it you know it's easier to to stay in it because it's cheaper than renting etc and then what is their support network? So that's extremely important throughout the whole divorce process because if divorce is more of a marathon, it's gonna take a couple of years. At the moment, it takes over a year to get a court um, appointment. And the whole process of going through that, sorting it all out, you might have to go to court a couple of times um, and getting it all worked out is at least two years really. So you need to have that support network and that can be you know, family, friends, lots of different organizations like the Samaritans, then different organizations that can support the children, like rainbows. And then also if, you know, a lot of people, it's extremely expensive to divorce, depending on which type of divorce you do. So, you know, looking at free legal aid, what can you do there? Um, how to get on their wait list? Because unfortunately there's some wait lists in most areas. So all of that is just for the pre-divorce. And then when it comes to the during divorce, it's like, okay, how are you going to deal with maybe some challenges in with your ex during that process? Um, is there a way, if you, if you had gone to relationship counseling, which is another thing I would have recommended in pre-divorce is to try relationship counseling, mostly because you want to kind of look at your children if you have any in the eyes as they grow up and ask different questions and say, we really did try to make this work. And I've seen so many relationships that look like they're gonna fall apart, actually survive. So finding the right relationship counselor is really important. 
Um, but during divorce, you know, going through mediation is really um, looked at very favorably by the courts that you have tried to mediate an agreement. So the mediators would normally come in where it is not to solve the relationship, it's not to help you get back together. It's where you've accepted that you're going to separate and you're trying to sort out most, if not all, of the agreement and come up with a mediated agreement that you can then take to make it into a legal separation agreement. Usually you can come up to maybe 80 to 90% of the agreement together. And then there might be some challenges around maybe child access or finances that you may need to uh, get a lawyer involved in at some stage. Um, but there's a go through all the different types of legal uh, separation that they can do from a collaborative separation where the lawyers come together and help you sort things out a bit like mediation. Um, but they work collaboratively to find a, an acceptable solution to the more difficult judicial divorce process where you can't agree. Um, usually mediation and co collaborative divorce doesn't really work in an abusive relationship situation because normally one of the party has been manipulated by the other and the other person is able to manipulate the situation. So it can be difficult in those. So helping people to understand that and get through that how would they co-parent effectively together um, if they do have children? Uh, what to expect, how to tell the children, what to expect from them at different ages in terms of their reaction. Um, I would put them in, in contact with any child experts if they need to, if they feel that the child might need some support during that time. Um, I'd also work with a lot of different mediators and um, well-being experts if, and um, if the person themselves feels that they need uh, additional support uh, during this process, because it's a very difficult process. And then I'd help them put together um, a parenting plan as well. So that's part of what you do in the court process is who's going to have the children when. Um, so looking into everything from when are the kids' school holidays, when are birthdays, when are important family, um, so, you know, family celebrations, whatever you do, or any religious celebrations that are important to you, or any kind of special celebrations you used to have as a family beforehand, whatever it was that you used to do, how are you going to divide those out effectively um, over the course of the year and putting together a whole calendar and a green and understanding which party uh, is, which celebrations are more important to which party, because sometimes one celebration is more important to one parent than the other. And so, you know, figuring all of that out. Um, and also dealing with career and finances too. So looking at their net worth, putting together your net worth, your whole budgets, because you need to put all that together anyway as part of the court process. So helping people work through that as well as looking into the future, like a focus forward. So bringing all those coaching and NLP practices into it. So where do they want to be in five years time and 10 years time? Um, do a lot of different exercises where their future self uh, is talking to them. What would their future self have said? What would have their future self have wanted? Um, and then letting them know that this is just, uh, uh, just a blip in time basically not going to be like this forever. It may be really overwhelming right now, but step by step, we'll have like, taken through the step by step process. Uh, so they know that this isn't going to be this emotion, this overwhelm, it, this too will pass and things will get better. Uh, we work on bucket list items and bringing 
bringing some of their favorite things, like some exercise around their favorite things um, into kind of every day. So all the little things are like whether it be just looking out the window or they're having coffee in the sunshine to um, you know going for walks with friends to maybe just playing, playing tag football or something like that, going fishing, whatever it is that brings them happiness and joy and seeing how we could fit those in every day, um, especially, you know, maybe adding it on to a morning or a lunchtime or an evening routine um, and adding all those bit of, little bit of self-care into their routines. They can kind of keep going through all of this time. Those are all the different things I would do during uh, the divorce process. And then for post-divorce, again, it would be recovery. A lot of post-divorce would be also around career. So how can they, you know, make more money is usually a big piece. Um, what can they do if their career stalled or if there was um, a lot of anxiety as they're going through their divorce? How do they manage that with their, with their boss or with whoever they work for? Um, usually getting back on track financially is a big thing too, because it could be a big financial hit and people can feel like they're drowning. So I put them in contact with MABS, I put them in contact with other support services as well. And we do, because I'm also a financial coach, um, we do a lot of um, work towards where they want to go and making sure that there's space in their budget for just having fun now too. You know, you need to enjoy the everyday. So looking at their values, um, what is really important to them and how do they fit their money and their budgeting around what's important to them and taking away the stuff that's not really important anymore, the variable costs. Wow. Um, there's a lot to work on. Mel, there's a lot in there. Thanks for sharing that with me. Um, again, I, I suppose I, I know from experience, it can feel like you're juggling chainsaws, you know, like yeah. so there's, a, there's so much going on there and you're trying to juggle so many things. And again, thank thank you so much for sharing that with me. And I suppose every case is different. Obviously, every case is different. And yeah. I, I read a, an article recently about when people separate, you know, people take sides, family takes sides, friends take sides. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that maybe people don't um, envisage is, you know, mutual friends might take sides, families take sides. Yeah. So I, I've heard, I, know, I know that can be the case, but... Even though every case is different, what are, what are maybe some of the most common challenges that you come across with people that are separating or divorcing? Well, that can be one of those hidden challenges that people don't really talk about, really. It's it's the emotional support that you thought you were going to get from certain people. You could be surprised who comes forward to assist you versus who you expected to. Um, and, then, and also the... the um, involuntary advice from people who may be thinking that they're helping but they're not so it's really important to keep your close circle of trusted people um, and to manage the boundaries for the people that may be giving unsolicited advice that they think is being helpful because they you know an understanding they're doing it because they love you and they care for you but they don't understand the impact it might be having on you negatively so making sure that you focus on you during this time and keeping those boundaries there and not feeling guilty about those yeah. boundaries and not feeling the guilt and the shame that so many people feel. Because if you're doing this, people don't just go get divorced, you know, just, just decide one day after the other. There's a reason, there's a real reason. And people might, other people just haven't seen that reason they don't understand. So you need to focus on you and you need to be there 
for yourself to be able to, you're supporting your children as well and their emotions as well as your own. And you need to be very strong for yourself there. So don't be, don't be scared to put those boundaries up and be very strong about those boundaries. And if you need the support and help to keep you strong for that, that's very important as well. Uh, I guess the main two things really are the finances and the children. You know, the, you know, people will be worried about, um, you know, I say, I say maybe men will be worried about how much access they're going to get to the children and feel that maybe the, the legal process is stacked against them. Women might feel that they're worried about having enough money, um, especially if they uh, sacrifice their career to care for the children. And, uh, you know, the expectation from the court would be that they would go back to work and start earning their own money, um, that they wouldn't necessarily get fully supported and funded by uh, by the other partner. So, um, you know, how are they going to get back? How are they going to survive? How are they, making sure they're not going to be homeless, you know, there's a lot of worry about that. So uh, that, that would be the traditional concerns. Um, and it's important to look, try and, and put be in, in the other person's shoes as much as possible. How can you see things from their point of view as much as possible so that your communication can be targeted the right way. Um, I would I would try to deal with this as if it's a business arrangement, keep the emotional emotions out of it. So we would go through, you know, um, the the top main mistakes people make during divorce. Uh, so that would be like asking for everything when it's not really realistic to ask for you know, the house and all this money when realistically the other person needs a home to live in too and they need to afford a place for them and for their children. So you can't ask for everything. Um, so you need to, we sit down and try and go through things and see things from that perspective um, and from the communications, not getting all emotional about it because it's not going to, you have to get away from what this, we call the story of divorce into the business of divorce. So the courts don't really care about what, you know, if there was adultery or if there was this, that, and the other, or that person hurt you in this way, they don't care about all those stories. All they care about is making sure if you have children that they're gonna be cared for effectively and have a home and enough money uh, to support them. And they feel that it's more important for the children they have access to both parents. Um, you know, psychologically for the children, as I say, they want to be loved by both parents and want to love both parents. So putting them in the middle of divorce is just the worst thing you can do for the children and for yourselves. And I always say there's not really any magic bullet. Um, there's, everyone's going to be hurt and upset during this divorce process. But the simplest thing you can do with the, the one thing I suggest is uh, how mature the parents are during the divorce process is uh, is going to help uh, have a, a much easier um, easing out of the marriage than if the, the parents act like children themselves. So you need to make all your decisions and put the, the children, if you have any, in the center of the divorce making decision process and not in the middle because the repercussions on the children, if you try to pull them in each direction, can impact them very far into the future, into their own relationships uh, and how they react in their own relationships in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose the parents are kind of modeling behaviors for the children, you know, for their future. So to be mindful of that. Yeah. Well, Mel, thank you so much for sharing with me how you mind others and those gems of wisdom that will help so many people and for sharing with me how you walk how, how you help people walk steadily on 
unsteady ground. So thank you so much for that. And can you sh tell me now how you mind you? Um, so I guess when I went through my divorce, I focus on a bucket list item I wanted to do. So I have my bucket list items of things I want to do before I die, right, before I kick the bucket. And one of them was, you know, to run a marathon. So I did that around the Dublin Marathon um, the year after my divorce. So going out and running was really important to me. Uh, I made sure I had uh, a lot of uh a lot of support as well. So I had a wonderful au pair. Um, so we, we moved into a tiny little two bedroom apartment and the children and I shared one bedroom and the au pair had the other, but we didn't mind because having that person there to help mind the children so I could go out and do my things, uh, get my run in. And then one evening a week during midweek, she would babysit for me and I would go out dancing. I was learning salsa dancing. And that was just great to get out into, you know, an environment that was full of music and fun. Uh, and just social um, and then on the weekends if or on the uh, on the days that you don't have the children making sure you take that time for yourself to do the things that are important to you as well um, so adding those little I mean it's 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 always going to be busy juggling career and children so adding those little uh, things in the morning trying to get your morning workout done um, going for walks at lunchtime with a dog and with, with a friend maybe and then in the evenings, I always try to make sure a few evenings a week, because I do work sometimes in the evenings, um, that I, I, my Wednesdays always block off. So Wednesday evenings, we always go out with the children, go, go do something, try and have like a, a family pizza night out or, or something. And even during the pandemic, we were just going down and getting fish and chips by the sea, um, something like that to make sure that we had time together. So... Those would be the key tips. Um, just just focusing every year, I try to make sure I, I do a bucket list item. So I did um, triathlon a couple of years ago and then getting this business off the ground was always something I wanted to do. And just having something that kind of is meaningful and fulfilling in your life at all times um, that gives you that extra boost that you're, you're giving back to others, um, I think is very important as well. Absolutely. And you know that saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. So self-care is so important. And especially in relation to with the kids, um, you know, do you know if you're on an airplane, they say to put your own oxygen mask on first. So, exactly. you know, like, and you're also modeling self-care for your kids as well. So it's so important. So thank you so much for sharing with me how you mind you. And where can people find you, man? They can find me on divorcecoachingireland.com, www.divorcecoachingireland.com, or they can find me on Facebook on Divorce Coaching Ireland or under Mel Murphy, uh, and the same under Mel Murphy on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me on there. You can find me on YouTube under Divorce Coaching Ireland as well. Um, and I have a few YouTube videos that could be very helpful for people. So feel free to follow me and, um, and contact me if you need any support. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to put a link to your website on this on this podcast. And Mel, again, thank you so much for sharing with me those gems of wisdom and for being so generous with those and for sharing with me all the kind of, you know, your amazing toolkit and how you help so many people and uh, for sharing with me how you mind you and best of luck with everything that you do in the future. Thank you so much, Brian. Take care. Thank you. so much for listening to Mind You and I hope you've learned about the benefits of holistic self-care. Please like, subscribe and follow Mind You Podcast wherever you listen to it and please share it so we can keep the ripple effect of holistic self-care going out to the world. You can 
find me and mind you at brianbarnswellbeing.com.